Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back to discuss uh, the the weekend that just passed and the weekend ahead in the world of wrestling. We're coming off of, depending on who you ask, the biggest show in the history of professional wrestling. We're going to get into all in, all of the drama that came along with it. They ended up actually outshining the event a little bit. Talk about All Out and Payback, the doubleheader we got for this weekend. But before we get into all that, let me introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? This is all that. That's all I could think wow. about. <laughs> what? Dude, all, everybody just pop, everybody just popped. Everybody's singing the All That theme song in their head right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, they, they are, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, it, You know, I talked about the moon at the beginning of the month, and we were experiencing, remember I told you guys, we had a super moon coming again at the end of the month, the blue moon. So we're sitting here under this amazing super blue moon, not expected to be back until... 2037. So I hope all of you guys stepped outside, uh, you know, by the time you listened to this last night <laughs> and got, got yourself some moon vibes. Did you guys do anything big for the blue moon? <laughs> no, no. Maybe that was what was wrong with all of our kiddos tonight. Maybe, Did- maybe the full moon just made them absolutely bananas. And the fact that it was a super blue moon, we had, our, you know, Seth coaches a, a 6U flag team and the kids were just off the chain tonight, dude. Like just all wilding out and acting goofy. I think maybe the full moon had something to do with it, dude. How would it have not affected the other team though? Uh, I don't know. Is this two <laughs> times in the last three episodes we've recorded that Sheena's going off about a fucking moon? Like it's tw- twice in dude, August. You know, I, like I this, really, this was a big deal. I really yeah, think this you're was a big deal to start because, uh, a sub podcast for Moon Talk because I'm <laughs> I'm about over it. I got two. I have two uh, half gallon jars of water outside, <laughs> basking under the 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 moon to make moon water with. So what the fuck is moon water? It's, it's just energetically charged water that oh you can use. God. What? <laughs> just what is it like? Moon? Hey, How, I have that it, same no, thing, Sheena. I just write on the side of a water bottle, Michael's secret stuff, and then I put some water in there, and it, exactly. it energizes it's, it's it. Science. Uh, you know, like, I mean, the moon affects the tides and the water. Why would it not affect any, like, water that's outside? It pulls the water because the gravitational pull because yeah. it's a giant rock, dude. Like, what's it going to do? Like, stir your water or something for you? <laughs> the, dude, the moon puts off energy and the, it's just like the sun. The moon puts off life. The, yeah, the sun puts off radiation that causes cancer. You want that in your no, water? No, sunscreen causes cancer, right? The sun does not cause cancer. Sunscreen causes cancer, bro. Let's Let's be real about this. We have went off the deep end. <laughs> three three minutes in, we're all the, sun, the, def- the sun definitely gives off radioactive energy. Like that's a scientific fact, man. I'm not okay. saying there's not stuff in sunscreen that also could. I cause mean, slathering slathering this. your body in toxic chemicals and then baking it under the sun is definitely. I mean, not, that's probably not a, a recipe for um, probably skin. A, a slower ride to cancer, or whatever, dude. Mm. But yeah, the sun. It's just it's a scientific fact. The sun definitely puts off harmful radiation. So do not. Uh, and you don't, you know, nobody go out and just roast in the, uh, the last of the summer sun this weekend. Yeah, on the, the sun, the sun, literally the life force that it creates, you know, that, that sustains the entire earth it can and, be and the solar system. bad, oh Sheen, like, dude, just stop yourself. <laughs> I, I read okay? about it in a Seriously. book. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, Marco, what's going on up in Massachusetts? Uh, nothing much. Just, um, I'm, I'm actually putting, I put water out in the backyard during the sun and I'm drinking sun infused recharged water. So that's, uh, 
that's what I'm going to be drinking. Um, but you know, sun water, just some sun water. No, but I'm uh, just uh, just chilling. Just you can actually structure water with the sun too. <laughs> so, you know, the, the sun, you can put water out in the sun and it helps the too. Sun, yeah, oh, I mean, the sun causes photosynthesis. Yeah, it's the reason our whole universe exists. But you just you can't be saying stuff like, "Oh, this, you know, the sun's not bad for your skin." Oh, I mean. It can be, okay, definitely. so that's all the vitamin D deficient people in the. Oh in the my world. gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, Jordan, what's happening out in Nebraska? Oh, not too much. Just uh, Ari would de nut me if I didn't mention this because she already said I had to mention it on the podcast. Uh, we just got through watching Nebraska volleyball play in Memorial Stadium for a world record crowd for a women's audience of ninety two thousand three people. So pretty incredible. Wow. Yeah, I saw that on uh, on Twitter, man. Pretty crazy. Is uh, is Nebraska like a powerhouse in volleyball, or is this just something they did and were able to generate the fan support for it? Uh, they are definitely a powerhouse in volleyball, but um, this was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They'd been talking about it for the last, I don't know, five years, and they finally made it happen. It was pretty cool. All right, Sheena, tell us what is new on the farm. Not a whole lot. I'm about to be out there freaking fencing my butt off because our goats broke through their um, their goat yard fence. So what? That has to be yeah, they're freaking savages, dude. They're they, just they're destructive, dude. They're like if you just let toddlers roam free all day, yeah. how much stuff they could break. Yeah, the main thing is is like they just love to rub. Like they just love to like take their body and like rub it up against the wire fencing, and so. Um, it just pushes and pushes and pushes and eventually it just pops off. So yeah. Um, gotta, gotta get that fixed this weekend. Cause they were out just freaking trampling and, you know, eating the garden and everything, which is totally fine, you know, most of the time, but yeah. Gotta tell them the, uh, tell them about the, the, the great egg controversy. Bro. Okay. So I've been racking my brain. We had this like extreme heat wave recently and like the egg production just went down. Like we, you know, we have a ton of chickens, right? So when you're only getting like five, six eggs a day, I was like, what the hell dude? Like, why is it that I'm only getting five, six eggs a day and I have, you know, this freaking glut of chickens. So I'm like thinking like maybe it's just heat stress. You know, I'm doing everything to help my chickens like make it through this, but I didn't notice any of them like panting or being under distress or whatever. Right. And I was just like, well, damn, dude, like, you know, these lazy mofos, these new guys that, you know, the new kids on the block are not pulling their weight. Well, sure enough, um, I walked by, I was cleaning out the yard the other day, cleaning out the old garden stuff, pulling weeds. And I walked by one of the little satellite coops that we keep. So when we have chicks or like a, a chickens under the weather or something, and I just see this like pile, dude, it looks like a freaking treasure trove of eggs, dude. There was like 20 eggs in a pile in this satellite coop that the chickens had either like the kids had either left it open or like broke in there or something. And the chickens had just like started laying like Mount Eggmore dude. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Well that makes sense. You know, all the eggs have been being laid in here instead of in the regular nesting boxes where they go. So now we're back on track. Eggs are getting pumped out and um, you know, all is well here on the Penny Acre farm. Yeah. So on the off chance, you also raise chickens and listen to this podcast. Make sure you're checking for any uh, nooks and crannies. I look for straight nests. Yeah. I knew that was a possibility, you know, cause they get to roam around the yard a little bit. So I was like looking for stray nests, but I never thought to look in a coop that I believe to be locked up. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little bit offended that you didn't ask me to fly down and refence your yard. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This just seems you know, this like this would have been the perfect uh, weekend too, because we got a doubleheader of wrestling. Time, it, it, yeah, it would have been. Weekend. Yeah, it would have been the perfect cover. I mean, like Jordan, hey, you want to come watch Payback and All Out, and then we'd be like, hey, Jordan, look, we got this roll, this twenty-five foot roll of, uh, you know, garden fence. <laughs> so hey, like, now, since, since you're here, 
since you're here. Uh, you dug any post holes lately? Yeah. I, I've dug my fair share of holes, so yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. And then, yeah, like she mentioned, we promised updates on the uh, the flag football situation. We got smoked tonight, thirty-one to six. Played against a team that almost won the championship last year, but it was really more about our team. Just could not get the boys to focus whatsoever. They were, uh, you know, just. Uh, we, we just got too many space cadets on the team. Apologies yeah. if on the off chance we got any parents that listen to it, but <laughs> some of these kids, dude, it's like, did you know what you were signing up for when you wanted to play flag football? Football's hard for six-year-olds. And we have people, like, so I, I say six-year-olds loosely because it's up to six. Like, the six is, like, the top. And somehow we, we got, like, three, four-year-olds. We got all team. the micros, dude. So it's like, you know, I mean, a four-year-old in football. Like, soccer, you just put all the kids out there. You just say, like, oh, go kick the ball, right? Like, here's your goal. You try to kick this ball into this goal. However it gets there, totally cool, right? Football, where you got to have strategy and, you know, like, focus, it's absolutely a shit show dude like and it's remember, bananas i was i got made head coach like a week before the season started i just volunteered to kind of help out and ended up getting finagled into being the head coach so i didn't have any opportunity to kind of put this team together pick through any kids i'm i'm baking a meal when i didn't get to go shopping for the groceries and yeah. it's uh it's 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 tough you're like so. what's the show chopped where they just like give you like you just un yeah you yeah. just uncover like this box of like mystery ingredients yeah. and you're trying to make something together, together yeah, with so. it we'll see how it goes uh but yeah definitely is a good learning experience for for week one, um, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco Run the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. You can join all the fun in our Facebook group over at chickfoleyshow.com and a link to all of our Pod Foundation brethren as well. The Extra Cooler Show, Coming Down the Aisle, and the Turnbuckle Tavern. Make sure you're subscribed to all those shows to get all the wrestling content that you need for your week. And we want to remind you guys, use code Chick-Foley to save 10% on all your purchases at Ringside Collectibles. So before we get into the uh, you know the weekend of wrestling, um, do you want to toss it to Sheena? She's been the heart and soul of this show going on uh, almost five years, and it wouldn't be right if we didn't get a little bit of a tribute to uh, Bray Wyatt out of the way before we uh, we roll in just the, the traditional wrestling talk. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you already know by now that, um, you know, the wrestling world lost Bray Wyatt, 36 years old, just an absolutely tragic loss for all of us, for his family, especially. Um, And it's just, I mean, it's still surreal, like it still feels weird to say it, that, you know, Bray Wyatt is no longer with us. But there's no way that I can eulogize him as well as some of the, you know, his co-workers and, um, you know, everyone that knew him has but Bray Wyatt has been such a prominent part of our wrestling fandom since we got back into it. I mean, we got back into wrestling in 2014. I mean, Bray Wyatt was coming off, you know, epic feuds with the Shield, uh, WrestleMania feud with John Cena. He was less than a year in the main roster. At that yeah, point. just like an absolute force uh, in the business, dude. And I mean, just fascinating for me because I love, I love that version of Bray, the Eater of Worlds. I love that version of him and uh, he just captivated me. I love all things kind of like spooky and macabre. And I think, um, I don't know, it just, he has been so prominent throughout the entire, you know, since we've been back in wrestling um, and done so much and just been bigger than wrestling at times. I mean, everything he does is really transcendent. And I feel like I was listening to Turnbuckle Tavern talk about him. Um, I can't remember if it was like yesterday or couple days ago um and he was just talking about how 
Bray was kind of like boxed in at times. And I believe, I believe that I feel like he had such a, a mind for what he wanted in his visions. And there's been times when we've not been down on Bray Wyatt because here on the chick Foley show, we've always been fans of Bray Wyatt. Um, but there's been times when we've been just like cautiously optimistic because of the way that he's been used, but there's no doubt that he is one of the greatest minds in wrestling and one of the greatest performers to ever grace our screens. And I feel very fortunate and very lucky to have gotten to witness the era of Bray Wyatt. Um, and it's just absolutely crushing that he's no longer here. Yeah. Thanks for that. Sheen dog. It definitely would not have been right if we didn't at least uh, acknowledge that before we move into the, uh, the weekend of wrestling me and Jordan. Uh, if you listen to that Bret Hart episode of pod Warriors, we did a few months back where we basically did a retrospective on his entire WWF run. Um, we're going to do something very similar with Bray here in the next couple of weeks. We actually were originally considering doing it on Monday night, um, but just a little bit too raw. So, um, well, nice play on words there. <laughs> wow. Shane. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, you guys know, I'm just I mean. trying, you know, I got to bring a little levity to yeah. this. This is getting kind of heavy, dude. I'm telling you what, like I was at Brett, I was at Brett's karate class, whatever Seth like texted me this news and I didn't even see it, you know, and I'm just like texting Seth back and he's like, dude, did you see my text? And it just like, I mean, it just like, I could not believe it. I thought maybe something like there was a hoax, just thought he was misinformed. And then all of the, the posts started rolling in and it was just, it was a heavy, heavy, heavy weekend. So, um, you know, I know all of us felt that. Yeah. So, so if I'm making jokes, it's just out of like, you know, trying to bring a little bit of lightness to, uh, to this heavy subject. Yeah, you definitely have to. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, just so, uh, you know, that happened actually, it was on Thursday where, where um, uh, me, Anthony and, uh, Jay Bone were about to jump on and do the show. Um, the, the raw down of where, you know, obviously going to talk about the week in wrestling, but we kind of shifted focus and kind of, you know, spoke about Bray Wyatt as well as uh, Terry Funk. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, if it was you haven't a, gotten to listen to that, definitely go back and listen to it. It's on the Turnbuckle Tavern feed, yeah. uh, the Raw Down, and you can find it on YouTube as well. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, that was that was fresh off the news that, um, you know, we had lost Bray Wyatt. So, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, good thing is, you know, if you got to see him live, that's one thing. Definitely, I was at WrestleMania 30, um, so I got to see that's him awesome. and Cena, um, in his entrance and stuff like that. So. You know. Yeah, Seth and I mean Seth and Jordan met him that next year. They WrestleMania 31, yeah, WrestleMania yeah. thirty one. They did a VIP meet awesome. and greet and got to meet Bray Wyatt and get their figure signed and you yeah. Know. And Bray's you know Jordan's probably number two all time favorite behind Ultimate Warrior. So I know he's gonna he's gonna kind of be leading the charge on this episode. We do we don't want him to do uh, just turn into a mess crying throughout the rest forty the next forty five minutes of this episode. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, dude, Jordan, I mean, as heavy as it was for me, Jordan was the first person I thought about. I was like, dude. Yeah, Jordan's the one that texted me, man. <laughs> Jordan's, Jordan's the one that let me know. Where where were you at, Jordan? Let's just, we'll briefly get into this for a time. Where were you at whenever you saw this news come through? So I was at home and <clears throat> somebody had, like, there was just a bunch of tweets going off. I, I saw, like, somebody tagged me on Twitter and I was like, what the fuck? So then I got on there and saw the Triple H tweet and I was like, dude, please tell me this dude got hacked. Like, this is not time for games. And then it, it just became really real because everybody started reporting it. And I texted you the minute I knew it was real. And yeah, man, it's just it, it like this one probably hit me harder than I mean, probably any celebrity death, honestly, like this one just, oh yeah, it hurt, man. Like, I mean, I don't, 
I don't like to bring attention to myself or anything. And I cosplayed Brett at or Bray at uh, WrestleMania 31. I just, yeah. I mean, dude, this dude was, he like brought me like back like a hundred percent into wrestling. Like there's just something about him. I don't know, man. It was the Wyatt family, everything about him. It was a uh, special dude. And yeah, it, it really fucking sucks that to lose someone at 36 years old. I mean, yeah. the dude had so much life left to live and yeah, it was a, uh, Friday was hard because we were going to Jelly Roll that night, and, like, I couldn't think about anything other than Bray that entire night. Like, it, it was all I could think about that night, and Seth was giving me updates on the tribute show, and it was just, I couldn't even. Oh, the even... tribute show was rough. <laughs> Seth's mom was here, and I felt like such a, you know, goof, because, I mean, she knows we love wrestling, and obviously she raised Seth, so, I mean, she knows how passionate Seth is about wrestling, but, I mean, I was, like, broke down, dude. I was just, you know, in in freaking tears. It was that was tough, yeah, dude. Yeah, Seth. Uh, Seth texted me. This is the exact text. Uh, Sheena was leaking, and I would have been gangster crying <laughs> if my mom wasn't in the living room. <laughs> oh, I couldn't. I was, I was trying. Crying. I was like, bite. Yeah, I was like, bite, biting my lip. Like, don't cry, don't cry. Like, you have company here, dude. Like, don't, don't be a, don't, don't be a jerk. You know. And then you, you know, gangster crying, more guys, where you keep the stiff face, but you have the one little tear just kind of creeping <laughs> yeah. down your cheek, dude. That's the gangster tears right there, man. Yeah, dude. It, it's just horrible, <laughs> and you know, I mean. On a on a real level, you know, Wyndham, everything you hear about him, Wyndham, the person is just he was just the warmest, kindest, smartest, like most, you know, wonderful person. And that's I mean, to me, that's always the hardest because, yes, we're we lost him as a wrestler. We lost, you know, what the potential of what was. Um but to lose a person like that and for his family to lose, you know, their husband and, you know, their their father and, you know, son and brother and all of that. Like, it's just, oh, that, that stuff just, it just ruins me. <laughs> and I, I obviously didn't watch Raw live, but I saw the end of it on Tuesday and the Becky shit just like broke me. Oh, like, the Becky thing, dude. I yeah. mean, it was oh, just yeah. absolutely brutal. It's just, I don't know. It, I like even like Rollins doing his little vi- five minute video on Twitter. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Just like you don't see that side of these people a lot. And Drew did one today. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's so weird, like hearing someone talk about someone in past tense when they're only 36 years old and like how much they yeah, meant to and these such people. A, and dude, in such a freaking presence, dude. Not that, I mean, God forbid, we don't want anyone to pass away, especially a tragic you know, 36 year old person to pass away. Like that's just, it's unthinkable no matter who it is. But Bray just seemed larger than life, dude. It just like, if anybody would just, you know, it it wouldn't be Bray. You know what I mean? To me, I just feel like, you know, you just don't expect to hear Bray Wyatt because you, you just never know. Like the potential of him coming back, even when he's not on our screens, even when, you know, it's been months since we've seen him, he's always in the back of our mind. He's always there just like, well, what, when is Bray going to come back? Is Bray going to come back? Yeah. Like, what's he going to be doing? He was you like know? a creative money in the bank contract. You could yes. insert yeah. him into any story <laughs> at any time with no background and it would just work. You know, he was like a, a reset button that you could just yes. insert into any character's arc or any wrestler's arc and, and it could just work, man. That's why, yeah, he was always on your mind. Like we, I mean, on the last Picks League, yes. we had it as one of the bonus picks. Is he going to show up at SummerSlam? We were thinking he was going to take out either Cody or Brock after that match. I was just waiting to hear the, yes. you know, the Bray Wyatt sound effect hitting him come out. And uh, it just didn't I mean, happen, you know. Dude, he got, the, he got the loudest pop of 2022 and all he did Bro. was kick a door open. 
We watched that just last night, man. It's one and of the it best gave, segments ever. It man. gave me it gave me goosebumps, dude. And then it like, you know, then after you watch it, your heart just sinks because yep. you're like, damn, dude, like he's gone. I watched I will the, say this. If we can pivot to some actual wrestling talk, one real world ramification of this, I think this slightly bumps up the chances that we might really see Roman make a run at Bruno's record. Because remember who it's almost it seems so far ago and it's such like almost a footnote with the way it all went down. But the person who held the championship before Roman was yeah. Bray Wyatt. That's where this whole thing started. He won that belt from Bray Wyatt. So yeah. what if, you know, what a historical kind of just bow that you were the one that kind of kicked off that, you know, the longest run ever. Everybody always remembers that, you know, Hulk beat Iron Sheik to start off his long run, man. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Man, it, it, it still probably won't happen just because that would be another, I think, three years of uh, Roman. Lord and I don't know how they could. I just really don't think they could pull that off. Kind of, They're kind of spacing it out now as is. They're running out of a little bit of steam. Um but yeah, I mean, that's just, again, shows you how important Bray was, dude. Like, Bray Bray was kind of the one right in the mix, man. That was still something they could go back to. That that would be money. I mean, yeah. I thought him and Roman were could end up be, being like the Cena and Orton of this uh, of this era. But uh, yeah, clearly speaking, it just wasn't meant to be. Speaking of Roman, I saw a story that he took the Blue Universal Championship to JoJo and, like, gave it to her. And, you know, because uh, I guess he didn't get to do, like, a live tribute or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning was or why. Uh, but um, Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, he uh, he gave her the the championship and uh thank god they didn't air that live i would have been fucking leaking (laughs) yeah because him and him and bray were tight behind the scenes man like they were good friends like you see pictures of them with like luke harper and the usos and stuff goofing off backstage um yeah i thought that that would have been a pretty cool moment on smackdown traditionally when they've done stuff like this they usually haven't had the top heels get involved i don't think undertaker very rarely got involved in stuff like this so i don't think it was anything like that i think that was just something wwe did that's how they play it i did think it was a primo move uh seth throwing the the fiend side plates on i actually wouldn't care if he does that the rest of his uh the rest of his run man i think that would be a cool way to kind of just pay tribute going forward it actually looked really good on the belt dude it it complimented it complimented the belt very well the fiend side plates and the fiend is kind of what kicked off this whole seth run he's been on the last four years dude that's what made him go from just being like the never say die baby face to being this crazy person dude he's been he's been such a like monumental part of so many storylines over the year that have just like you know spun off and gotten into their own thing dude and even though like we we always you know we would always get so mad because bray would just like carry these freaking um feuds and do so much work yeah i want it to be more like on the record success dude you know and but i mean ultimately i feel like he he did what he was meant to do and a lot of stars or superstars are better off because they they came into contact with Bray Wyatt. I think he kind of had the Dolph Ziggler disease and like, you know, Dolph is such a good wrestler that they never felt the need to kind of like put the steam of like a big push behind him because he could always just go back out there and get back over just with his wrestling whether he wins or loses. I think they knew Bray was such a force creatively that they could have him lose these feuds and just bring him back a couple months later and, you know, he wouldn't leave you know, wouldn't lose anything yeah. off of it because it did seem like, you know, the majority of the time he'd end up coming up on the losing end on his feuds. Yeah. But yeah, um, like I said, stay stay tuned. Some Definitely before the end of September, we will have a big retrospective on Bray Wyatt dropping. Um, you guys ready to talk about All In? Let's go. All In. We're All In. All right, we will... Uh, well, we're not going to go match for match because we got a lot of wrestling to talk about and we ended up going a little, uh, you know, the brace segment ran a little long, but kind of just, let's just go around the horn, man. What, what did you guys think of, of all in? Was it a success? Did it live up to the hype? 
I think it was a success, dude. I think there's no way that you can't call it a success. Um, you know, 80,000 people coming to see AEW, like yeah. there's, there's no way to d- define that as not being successful. I think it was cool. They pulled it off. There's no way if you would have told me, you know, two years ago that this was going to happen, I would have been like, yeah, this you're, you're freaking nuts, dude. But they well, I mean, did it. When they announced this back in the spring, people were saying like, you know, that would be awesome. They could sell 40,000 tickets. That would yeah. be a huge success. Yeah. You had <laughs> the doubters saying there's no way they'll get to 40. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe they'll do 35,000 and flip the lower bowl, but they had the place damn near damn near filled up, man. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think it was a success, dude. I think it definitely put WWE on watch for like what, you know, what they need to be doing to, to over there because, yeah, man, it was cool. And the crazy thing is, Dude, the card wasn't that great. I mean, it ended up being yeah. a really, really good show, but they definitely didn't go, you know, pardon all, the pun, all, all in <laughs> on the uh, on the card. Like we yeah. talked about it last week. It, it felt a little bit closer to like a WWE Saudi show than than a WrestleMania style card. So there were still some big money matches that you know. Hats off to TK, man. He uh, he, you know, didn't didn't throw out there just to try to boost the numbers up even more. So I actually think they have room to improve next season, supposedly or next year. Supposedly they can get up to about 95,000 at full capacity. Wow. If there's, you know, if they, made every, yeah, if they made every effort to minimize the tarped off seats and tarped off sections, right? Like you may have some obstructed view tickets, but they said they could actually get to 90,000 because there was some empty seats there. That's what people didn't realize. I saw like people who were just going to be AW haters for the sake of being AW haters being like, oh, I see a lot of empty seats there. And it's like, dude, a lot of empty seats. Stadium, Jesus yeah, Christ. It holds, I want to say it holds something like 86,000 just for soccer. And that's not even counting all the people that you could put on the field. You know, yeah. soccer games, there's nobody on the field. So and the pitch. I, yeah, the pitch. I thought it was great. My biggest, I knew it was going to deliver action-wise. I was just worried about, like, the production. And I thought the show looked great all night long. Yeah, I thought it looked fine. I thought, I mean, to me, it, it was totally different experience than what you would have experienced with WWE and the way they do, like, their Saudi shows and stuff like that, where it's just, like, over-the-top production and lights and pyro and all of that. I thought it was... Pretty low key for what I was expecting, but it it still looked great. I thought. Yeah, I wish they would. I wish they would spend a little bit more money on the uh, on the production. I think we kind of talked about that last week as well. Um, definitely, overall, it was a you know good looking show. I definitely like the uh, I, I like the entrance way to it. Um, I would probably put it on par with like like you said, like kind of like the Saudi show more than like a, a WrestleMania type thing. But I think next year when they you know go back. To uh to Wembley, I think they should just go just no pun intended, just go all out and uh just, yeah. just go crazy and just you know spend the money, dude. Make it look it, they already proved that they can do it. Like might as well just like yeah. Put I all, think now that they have the confidence that they can do it and pull yeah. it off, maybe they'll uh have, you know yeah have sauce drones, it up a little bit. Have drones flying, have like a grand stage, like just you know the drone the drones in Puerto Rico changed me, dude. I was oh, like, yeah. why are we not doing this more often? Like this is insane. What yeah. like what are we doing here? We like, have the technology to like fly drones through the audience. Like let's do this more often. Yeah, I feel like you know, sometimes like you know Tony Khan. I don't want to say Tony Khan, but AEW as an entity, they kind of cater to the fans more than anything and i think like you know if they if they start doing like more bigger production and be like oh you're trying to be like wwe it's like it's like no you want to grow it's first and foremost it's a business so you want to grow your business you want to make it look palatable not for only the wrestling fans but for for the casuals so just spend the money i don't think AEW is trying to be like wwe i mean did you see what they did to freaking john moxley i mean the the fucking things in his head not like the wrestling (laughs) I meant like more like the like the actual overall production, the production like the yeah. Television, like the cameras, the camera work, the 
the stage presence, like spend the money, put the money. The, the wrestling's going to do what the wrestling's going to, they're going to, you know, the wrestlers are going to do what they're going to do in the ring. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Like, make everything else look good. And I, I like, you can guarantee that they'll be like uh, close to, but not like, you know, pretty much close to WWE when it comes to, you know, pay-per-view. So I, like I said, they proved it this past weekend that they could fill uh Wembley stadium. So I don't disagree with you, but I also think a lot of people watch AEW because it is a little kind of gritty and a little bit kind of um, unproduced, if that makes sense. I think I think people like that flavor of wrestling, like because I mean, some people that watch AEW are hardcore WWE haters. You know, us, we're all equal opportunists around here. We love it all. But um, some people, they they watch AEW specifically for that type of production. I don't know. I, I, I liked it like it. The stage reminded me of like a Wrestle Kingdom stage. Like, I I never feel like they go over the top with with any yeah. of like their big shows, dude. I don't need AEW to be on production value for WWE. Just I feel like th- what they do well is exactly what they did on Sunday. They they go out there and even though the card did not look great, they put on great matches. Like every match was enjoyable. I mean, we all doubted the women's match and it was nine minutes and it was honestly just a perfect nine minutes. Like it didn't need to be any more than that. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it was good. Like, dude, and we were talking about stadium stampede, how ridiculous it usually is. And this one was definitely ridiculous, but I felt like this one was better than the rest because the majority of the action was inside the arena. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was less scattered. We, we, yeah, with the, they just had a lot more space to play with. So yeah, it wasn't just all over the place. We got like kind of five different independent matches happen at once. And I felt like them doing like the fireworks on top of Wembley and stuff. That was kind of like a, a WWE move. Like that's, that's more of like the stuff that they do. Like that's kind of the, the um, production they like to put on. So I didn't mind that stuff. I just, I don't know, man. For a, a bunch of matches that really had not a ton of build to them and no real like storylines behind them, I mean, dude, Jericho and Osprey was awesome. I loved that match. I thought, I thought they did a really good job. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and I'm glad they're doing it again next year. The only gripe I have, it has completely ruined all out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I, yeah. I don't even understand why we even need to do this show at this point because. I mean, dude, that show was literally for AEW standards. I mean, they put 80,000 butts in the seats, which we talked about this last week. Five years ago, if you had told me they were selling out 80,000 seats, shit. Three months ago, if you had told me they were selling out 80,000 seats, I would have told you you were nuts. I just, I, it makes this pay-per-view this weekend seem so meaningless. And yeah, it really sucks, man, because MJF and Adam Cole was, I mean, dude, We've talked about this numerous times. I am not about the storytelling part of wrestling as much as you guys are. I'm more just about the wrestling. The storytelling in that match was fantastic. Like they did a really good job with the main event, and I thought that match could have really went off the rails. Honestly, they uh, it was AEW's version of the Bloodline, dude. Like that was a classic Roman Reigns Bloodline match right there. You got you know 20 minutes of back and forth action, and then some crazy spots with the ref bumps and false finishes. So. Yeah, like I said, anybody that says they didn't enjoy that, I just think that they're just trying to be a contrarian and just, you know, they just want to hate AEW, man. I've been as down on AEW as anybody over the last, um, really kind of last year, but that was an awesome show. I'm I'm definitely a sucker. I'm going back to the production stuff. I'm a sucker for any outdoor show that starts at daytime and goes yes, to nighttime. Yes. I just think it's the best. Makes that me was think beautiful. Of, makes me think of SummerSlam 92, WrestleMania 31. Those are two of my all-time favorite wrestling shows, and... I just think it really helps to add to the um, 
to the drama, you know, cause like the early part of the show in the daytime, like the crowd's rocking, everybody's going nuts and stuff. And it was like the crowd kind of just calmed down a little bit, but it actually made it more intense, you know, that the crowd was just yeah. ready to take in these big matches as we got closer to the end of the card. And, um, we'll go and talk about the main event, man. I thought MJF and Adam Cole hit a home run, um, you know, hats off to the booking job they've done on Adam Cole, making him seem, like I said, it, it's not the bloodline, right? I'm not going to say that the, you know, better than you, baby, is uh, is equal to the bloodline. But for the first time since really Hangman's kind of run to the gold, I feel like there's a story that I need to tune in and see what's going to happen week in and week out with yeah. AEW. That's going to be a moment. I, You know, we talked about uh, one or, you know, whatever turning heel, whether it was MJF or Adam Cole, but I, I'm stoked that it's still going on, dude. I'm, run, I'm glad. Man. Yeah. Same thing with the with Bowman's patience, rain, dude. Let yeah. it run, dude. Let the let, let it know. play out. Slow play this thing, dude. Don't why uh, rush it. You got to yeah, book a show every week. 100. Don't preemptively just in this thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm here for this. Yeah, I, I mean, I I said it a couple minutes ago. I just I love that match. I thought it was perfect. The storytelling was great. Um, I love the double pin because there was no way they were letting that show end like that. Like everybody was getting all yeah. pissed off on Twitter. And oh stuff. yeah. You I'm can like, see the audience members like, you know, yeah. If he would have ended that show like that, I would have lost all faith in Tony Khan to do anything yeah, ever again. 100%. Like there's just no way you can end that like that. And dude, I, I know Seth always says like MJF is just like Miz 2.0. Dude. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. MJF is really starting to win me over the more this goes on. Like, dude, seeing him, like his actual, like real life personality, because you can definitely tell this is who he is as a person. Like, it, th- this is more comfortable to him than being a complete asshole. You can tell he's he's a lot more comfortable in the ring the way he's working right now. And yeah, it's just beautiful, man. It's it's so cool that five months ago he was like the biggest heel in wrestling and now he's like one of the biggest baby faces in wrestling it's it's really cool like the kangaroo kick and the into the double clothesline on the pre-show like dude that was the loudest the crowd was other than when soraya won i mean it was just awesome Yeah, whether he's your flavor or not, dude, you it's undeniable that MJF has it. You know, whatever it is, he's got it because yeah, the people love MJF. Yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been starting to buy a little bit of stock on him ever since that Iron Man match with Daniel Bryan. I still I'm you still know, fucking pissed at Daniel Bryan. Sometimes I feel like the I think he's kinda of got a little bit of the Cody Rhodes thing going where he's such a good actor that it almost makes it all seem like bad acting when he's in comparison to everybody yeah, else, you know? Yeah. yeah. When he's really not, he's just actually that he's just like really, really talented at it. And it stands out because most other guys in wrestling are just like wooden. Um, but nah, dude's definitely, he's gone up a lot this last year in my eyes. I, I, I you know, I can admit when I'm wrong and I was definitely a little bit, a little bit off base on some of my early MJF takes. Nice. What does, what does uh, MJF have to do uh, Seth for you to like, recognize him as like one of the best wrestlers modern wrestlers today i think he's i think he's just got to keep doing what he's doing man tone down some of the character work dude some of the stuff like i did i maybe it's just the baby face stuff it's hitting a little bit easier i feel like some of the heel stuff was so over the top that he was like a caricature you know what i mean he was like it can come come off like that he was like if if if, um if there was going to be pro wrestling featured in like a tv show you know that he's like like they would tell the heel on the tv show to act like how mjf is acting you know what i'm saying okay like it just kind of seems so over the top like dude there's no way that anybody in real life is this much of an asshole and it just kind of come off as it could kind of take me out of it a little bit um 
so yeah, I think maybe just getting a little bit more of a, you know, maybe tone it, take, take it, turn the realism slider up a couple notches on the character, not so much the cartoonish stuff. Because when the bell rings, dude's awesome. I like his work style, man. He's he's kind of got the perfect blend of being like an old school technical wrestler, but he's still got some of the flashy new school moves mixed in there, man. Like he's a really really unique worker um, in that sense. You don't see a whole lot of guys with that particular move set. Um, once the bell rings and dude can do it all in the rings. Great seller. Um, yeah. So like I said, I think maybe just, you know, a couple of the character beats, they're a little bit closer to being real life, real life. I, I, I'd elevate them a little bit even higher in my eyes, but still he's doing a great job. And that was, you know, he got to say he main evented a show with over 80,000 people. There's very, very few wrestlers that could lay a claim to that. You know, whether we're talking legit numbers or WWE's pumped up numbers for their shows, man, it's only been a handful, even with, by, by their math that they put over 80,000 butts in the seat. So, yeah. so hats off to him. Yeah, I guess. I was going to say, I'm with Jordan in the sense that I think he's a lot better now that he's, you know, just being himself, it seems like anyway. Um, and he's not, uh, you know, overdoing the the heel thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's uh, definitely a lot more, like he, like Jordan said, he's a lot more comfortable in the ring. Um, and he's able to, I mean, when was the last, when was the last time you seen him as the main, the actual main event, the last match? you know, when he was champion, that was like, yeah. that was with, um, Brian Danielson, right? The Iron Man match. That's been a long time ago. Yeah. Like. It was back like, in, yeah. Like March, whatever. Yeah. So like it, it's, you know, I think it definitely, uh, I think he definitely came into his own since then. Um, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he has to prove that he's the you know, best wrestler in the world. Just continue to do what he's doing now, just working in the ring. And I think he'll be, I think he'll uh, catch sell tickets and get eyes on the product, dude. That's at the end of the day, that's what it's about, and that's what you know the people are looking for. Not not wrestler wrestling fans particularly, but you know all all the powers that be. That's what they're looking for. Dude, he he has completely brought Adam Cole back to like status too. Because I I felt like Adam Cole was starting to flounder in like mid card, like not going to get out of it. And dude, MJF is bringing the best out of him, and I feel like he's bringing the best out of MJF. It's just these two work really well together, so I hope they don't kill it too soon because I've enjoyed this a lot. I think it's really cool, and um, they're giving some shine to the Ring of Honor titles, so I'm all for it, man. I, like, I hope they keep this going for a while. They're like the modern-day Brett and Sean, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good, man. Uh, Jazz Wars has been pretty good about doing ringside exclusives anytime they're dropping a uh a new belt in figure form so maybe we'll get uh you know mjf and adam cole two-pack with those ring of honor tag belts as a a ringside exclusive sometime down the road that'd be cool um sadly we cannot move on from all in without talking about something that's just about overshadowed all the success of the event (laughs) freaking the man himself dude freaking fragile ego fragile body weak mind weak (sighs) spirit cm punk does it again uh, you know, for those that, that missed it, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry made a uh, smart ass mm-hmm. comment alluding to, uh, you know, this random controversy from a couple weeks back about an argument they had about using real glass in a spot. And CM Punk took so much offense to something that freaking Jungle Boy said 
that uh, they ended up getting in an altercation backstage. Yeah, depending on who you listen to, a stack of monitors got knocked down on Tony Khan, which just that that image is just hilarious to me. Seeing like these two guys going at it, and suddenly Tony Khan's buried under a group of monitors, not blinking at all. <laughs> yeah, just going like, "Stop it, guys!" So I'm, I'm picturing him still chanting like CM Punk, CM Punk. Yeah. All these TVs are stacked on him. Yeah. Supposedly, CM Punk went off on TK, threatened to quit the company, and it took Samoa Joe like pulling him aside to. Um, like talk him down to get him to calm down and go have their match. Like they actually had the the Golden Elite and Bullet Club Gold um, on deck to start the show instead of the scheduled Samoa Joe CM Punk match. That's how bad it got. And, you know, it's it's uh, and now CM Punk suspended for this show at uh, you in know Chicago. all out it's spo- in Chicago. It's supposed to be main eventing because I thought when I first heard this man. I was thinking the word got out so quick and it was so over the top that I think it was like a work shoot type situation, right? Yeah. We, know, we know AEW likes to lean into that kind of stuff. I'm thinking like, okay, this is, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but I think that's what they, I thought that's what they were doing, right? Like lean into it. Let's get this backstage drama and entry going. But unless they just have really gone fucking cuckoo <laughs> and they're going to yeah. change everything up on, you know, Saturday for collision, which that's a tape. I think, I can't remember if that's live or not this Saturday if they're taping this week. But either way, unless they just kind of, uh, you know, one line all this stuff and try to book show from scratch on Saturday, CM Punk's not going to be at All Out, which is just crazy because this is where we were at last year, dude. Yeah. He freaking, he had the, you know, brawl out last year after All Out. And now he had brawl in at the, the start of, of All In, man. Like, I don't know. I just... I know the guy does numbers. I mean, we see it in the on Sheena's Instagram posts and even in the Facebook group, man. Anything punk related, it gets the engagement, dude. You got the yeah, people that love Yeah, if I post something him. on Instagram about CM Punk, there's going to be like, you know, no less than 100 comments on that shit. Yeah, you know? he's basically, at this point, dude, he's basically, I know he would absolutely hate hearing this if this is on my way too. I feel he's like the Donald Trump of pro wrestling, man. <laughs> like, he's like the most <laughs> polarizing guy, dude. Like, people hate his guts. People freaking love him blindly. And it's just, uh, it just drives business, man. It's good business either way, man, if you're, if you can get on that side of it. So I see why TK feels the need to keep him around, but at what point is it just too much? Yeah, absolutely destructive, yeah. dude. I, I can't, and like, you know, everybody wants to be like, you know, oh, well, you're just shilling or, you know, there was more people involved than just CM Punk, but who's the fucking common denominator Always. here, dude? Like, that's the thing. That's like, yes, he's had, he's had feuds with other people, like, you know, off and on, but like, who is the common denominator here? And it's always CM Schmuck, dude. And, and it's look just who he's fighting with, dude. Hangman Page, jump. like the nicest guy yes. in the world. Jungle Boy, dude. Like, he looks like everybody's, could be everybody's little brother. Freaking and how old is Colt fucking Cabana. Punk? Like, 40? And, like, how old's Jungle Boy? Like, 25? Yeah. Like, Christopher Daniels. Like, all up, the, he's not, like, you know, all the people he beats with, you've never heard of them beefing with anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, he's a, he's a freaking lunatic. Yeah. I like to, I like to go neutral in these things where it's like, there's a, obviously, you know, he is a common denominator, but at the same time, there are, you know, there are other people involved in these. It's not one side. It's not like he's arguing with with an invisible person on the other. He's end not. Of these but things, just learn so. to control yourself. At what point are you like a grown man where you're just like, you know what, like this twenty five year old's talking shit. Like I'm going to just ignore this fucking peon. You know what I mean? Like I'm CM Punk. Like it's cool to be arrogant and it's cool to be confident, but like he's so self-conscious and like fragile and sensitive that like jungle boy can say something to him and he's just going to lose his fucking mind and potentially lose his job and screw over the company that's paying him because 
you they know, gave he's him his own to, show. He's supposed to be there at in <laughs> Chicago, and now he can't because he's a fucking baby. Him and Ricky Starks were supposed to main event, and now it's not happening. And so, what does that Maybe. do for Ricky Starks? Too? You know what I mean? Like that's like that's bullshit, dude. Like you know, if I was Ricky, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, dude, what is your problem? True. Yeah, I wonder if he's like one of those like, you know, anybody can get it type guys. Like, or it's just like, you know, anyone says anything to him, he's just gonna. Say something. He just takes himself so seriously, dude. He thinks he is just like untouchable. And, you know, God forbid you say something to, you know, chip his fragile ego. He's just going to. Yeah, we'll see if he's untouchable. I mean, as far as uh, what happens when he comes back from his suspension. Dude, Tony Khan is too too much of a CM Punk fan. That's the biggest problem in this whole thing. Like, dude, no matter what he does, he's not going to get canned because Tony Khan loves him. I get it, dude. The, the dude definitely draws attention. He draws. I mean, he he definitely puts up numbers. The, the problem is, dude. At what time? At what point is it no longer worth the hassle? Like, dude, even some AEW hardcores that I know, dude, are like, you know, have defended Punk in the past. Are finally like, all right, like this is this is bullshit. This is distracting. <laughs> I don't like it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, when the when the hardcores are turning, like, I mean, he he nearly ruined a perfect night of wrestling on Sunday with just his stupidity. And I get it; it takes two to tango. And there's there's been some rumors that Jungle Boy is not the easiest person backstage. It sounds like he's a little cocky, which he's 25 years old. Like, dude, it's it's to be expected. Everybody's cocky when they're 25 years old, but. I don't know, man. It, it just it always comes back to CM Punk, and I I do feel like a lot of the locker room is pissed at him because, I mean, dude, everybody wants the contract that he has. Like he he gets to do whatever he wants. He gets basically paid whatever he wants. He's Tony Khan's golden boy. I mean, I get it. It's just at, at some point you have to draw the line and be like, okay, dude, you're not untouchable, and you can't keep doing this shit. Like I can't keep covering up your dumb shit. And the problem is, it seems like there's a lot of people backstage in AEW that have no problem floating this stuff out there. Like they're they're all in on letting everyone know what's going on with this dickhead. Oh yeah, because if you notice, they want they want to expose him for sure. I mean, like seriously, when have we ever heard anything out of AEW backstage other than CM Punk drama? We have never heard one Not thing lot, about AEW backstage. We've never heard anything about. And, dude, they have a lot of egos in that locker room. Like, I'm sure a lot of those guys aren't the easiest to work with. I'm sure sometimes the Young Bucks are complete pricks to people. Like, but you never hear about it. Anytime Punk does anything, we're going to hear about it. It's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And I just pray that one time he goes back there and he confronts somebody that doesn't give a shit and will just take him out. Like, I just, I pray (laughs) for the day. He he goes back there and starts shit talking Samoa Joe because Samoa. Joe I was going to say put him in the computer dude. clutch. No, dude. no, he, he wouldn't up to like Samoa Joe or like Powerhouse Hobbs just or Miro. Like, dude, one of those dudes yeah. would absolutely fold him. There ain't going to be no Kakina clutch. Samoa Joe's just going to fold that dude. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so, like supposedly there was a before that match happened that when that like the all supposedly the altercation happened between uh, uh Perry and Punk. Uh, Samoa Joe was like one of the one one of the guys to like break it up. Uh, well, yeah, because I mean that was I mean he was getting paid based on that match, so of course he yeah, wanted yeah. that match. To <laughs> I was like, don't throw this mofo out before like, that match. Samoa dude. Joe's like the most snake bitten person. Like gets main event run and then gets hurt, or the other person yeah, gets yes. hurt. Like of course he wanted the match to happen. I don't fucking blame him, dude. Samoa Joe's a businessman. Yeah, 
And I yeah, and I know we're not gonna like obviously go through the whole card, but that match was actually good between Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Pepsi Plunge looked good there at the end. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah see, I, mean, I kind of poo pooed it last week, and I was like, oh, that match is gonna suck. What the hell are they doing? But now they proved me wrong. So, so is everybody in agreement? Two thumbs up for uh, yeah for all in, all things considered. Yep. Two yeah. fingers, right, two fingers to, all uh, in. So I I heard uh, I saw somebody wrote online. They pretty much like nailed it, dude. They said that uh, in the same week, AEW finally managed how to book their version of WrestleMania and their version of this Tuesday in Texas, which is <laughs> what it looks like. I wouldn't even say. I think this Tuesday in Texas was a more attractive card than uh, than All Out because at least this Tuesday in Texas had the you know the big Undertaker and Hulk Hogan rematch to hook you in. Like, dude, I was yeah. you know we were coming back from that flag football game and I kind of had an eye on wrestling Twitter. I kept waiting for some big announcement um, to happen at uh, for this card and dude, it just didn't get there, man. Like we got we got nine matches, which I'm sure they're going to deliver. I have no doubt it's going to be a, a good night of wrestling, but dude. They got to try to make people besides us the hardest of the hardcore fork over 50 bucks. And I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, what are we thinking the main event's going to be? I'm thinking we get an Orange Cassidy versus Mox for the international championship, which I, I think, think would so. be well deserved. Yeah. Is that what you guys are seeing for the so. main event? Yeah. Orange Cassidy had that moment tonight where he like spoke and said, you know, I, I deserve this. I don't say a lot. Yada, yada. Like I, I come here and I fight and I give all the guys who shouldn't have a chance a chance. And, you know, I'm going to keep defending this. So I think I would love to see that as a main event. It's either that or Omega and take a shit. Like there's, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's really no, other, there's really no you other can't choice. Main event, take, dude, you cannot have. I, I like to catch the man. Yeah, to no. take a shit. Get it right. Yeah, he cannot be main eventing a fifty dollars pay per view, dude. If this was on Peacock for five bucks, sure, knock yourself out. And kid. there's no, there's no title, dude. It's just freaking straight up. Yeah, singles. no, that's definitely yeah. not. A, I think that's mm-hmm. now. I do think that match is going to slap. I think that's your like middle of the card, like work rate five star match. If, yeah. I, if I'm laying this thing out, I'm Adam Cole and MJF are the first people coming out on pay per view, and then I'm closing it out. I mean, I I feel like Mox is probably taking this belt. Orange Cassidy's had such a tremendous run though, dude. Yeah. Like he is earning that pay per view main event spot, dude. And those are two AEW originals um, that are going to be, you know, the diehards are going to be behind them, and I feel like they can get a lot of goodwill. Um, coming off that, I mean, Omega and Takeshita, that's just going to be a match, dude. Like, I, I mean, I do, yeah. which I think it's going to be a great match, but I see the big storyline. I, I think you get in this show with Orange Cassidy, either, you know, getting a rub from Mox, like a handshake or something, or, or Orange Cassidy just standing tall and let the crowd cheer. And, dude, I think him and MJF would be an awesome upcoming feud. Yeah. Dude, Orange Cassidy, at this point, I mean, there's still a lot of year left, but, Dude, he he's definitely wrestler of the year to me. That this dude works every week. His matches are always bangers. He's just Orange Cassidy has turned it up a notch this year. You don't like Orange Cassidy. You don't like you don't like wrestling, dude. Most old school wrestler in the game, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I said before, everything he does in the ring matters, dude. He's dedicated to his character. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. He's I haven't sat down to think about it if he is like my number one guy for 2023, but he's definitely on the short list, man. He he's at least in the top three for sure. Yeah, I, I I think that would be a great main event. I think him and Mox would, is going to kill it, so I, I'm fine with that as a main event. The only reason I said Kenny Omega and take a shit is because Don Callis is involved, and um, I mean anything Kenny's involved in is just 
it, the match is going to be yeah. great. Yeah, at this point, it's true. Sure. A, a, a Kenny Omega one-on-one match is a big deal. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be you know like the worst decision ever if they main evented it. But I just I'd go with something like Sheena's a little bit more stakes, and I just think Orange Cassidy and Mox is going to be feel good, man. Yeah. I think people are going to be on their feet and be excited to see whoever wins that. Where as it could come off a little bit flat if uh, if Takeshi ends up beating Omega, you know, I don't think that's yeah. a great way to end the pay per view. I think, uh, but that should be incredible. Something could happen on Collision, dude, because I. I seriously thought they were using Osprey for this show. Honestly, I I thought for sure we were going to get a singles match with Osprey in it. Like, dude, you you don't yeah. have a main event talent for the main event right now. Like, what better time to use Osprey than right now for an AEW show? Like, I don't know, man. And the cool thing is, I mean, obviously they got him to fit in the tag belts, dude. I feel like you could just throw MJF in there with somebody to have a banger. You don't need a whole lot of story because the story is going to be whatever the next chapter in this Adam Cole thing is, you yeah. know? Or or um, why couldn't we just get the fucking one-off Sting and Chris Jericho match? That could have fucking made it this show and I would have been fine with it. Yeah, in my mind, if I'm, like, imagining what's going on backstage, I think that... I, I think that the AEW brain trust is like, you know what? We're probably not going to get people to spend 50 bucks back-to-back weeks anyways. Like, I feel like they kind of just punted on this show. Like, yeah. let's Let's put out something passable... The hardcores will get it. It's going to be good once the you know once the cameras start rolling. But and what's the next? Uh, I feel like they're holding the, after the this? next preview after this. They're doing Wrestle Dream, which is going to be like basically Forbidden Door two point five, um, and then you'll have Revolution or no mm-hmm. Full Gear, Full Gear, Full Gear, Full gear in November. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you might be right. And dude, you talked about it last week. They should have done a discounted rate for both shows just to guarantee yeah, that dude. they got Give you a package just deal, to guarantee man. that they got buy rates for all out. Major miss by them because I agree 100%. with you. I, I think this is going to be by far the lowest buy rate, and it's probably going to be by a lot. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're going to get it just because you know we're we kind of have an obligation between keeping up with the podcast and doing like the live thread in the group. But dude, if it, if I was not, uh, you know. One of the one of the hosts of this show, dude. I do not think I would be. I don't think. I don't think I'd be spending fifty bucks on a long weekend to watch this. No. Sheen, no. Marco, nah. Pass. <laughs> yeah. This is the lowest I've ever been on an AEW show, and it's not even close. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm about uh, out of one to ten. I'm about a one point five on interest level, and. That might honestly be selling it high because yeah, I'm hopeful. I I, I know the show's hope, gonna be great. Yes, be good. I always hope it delivers, dude. I'm never like you know. I hope the show sucks because I just love watching stuff that I hate. No, like no, I'm no, not, no. I'm not like one of those wrestling fans. I want it to be good because I hate wasting my time and like you know why sit down and watch something that you hate. Um, but just looking at the card and you know just objectively, like yeah, there's just there's just not a lot here, man. All right, let's get into the weekly beverage break, and then we will up. Oh, oh, I have yes, I do want to circle back really quickly because I do have to give a shout out to our guy, Extra Cooler Nick Camia. Um, he got his design work featured on FTR's trunks. Uh, he designed their their gear for um, All In, so he got to be yeah. seen by eighty thousand people live and the millions around the world. So I think that's a pretty cool accomplishment. Like I said, we've seen Extra Cooler since day one ish. So I just wanted to give. Nick and the, you know, the extra cooler brand, a shout out for, you know, all the work he's done with FTR. But I mean, like that was a huge moment to have your, to have your work featured, um, on such a monumental show. I think they were very toyetic too. I could totally see those getting made into figures. Oh yeah. See some, uh, you know, he's got the indie God, uh, Bendham with Matt Cardona. Maybe we will see uh, some FTR on the jazz. It'll probably take like four years from the come out, but (laughs) true. (laughs) 
Yeah. So congrats, Nick. Uh, congrats, Extra Cooler. We are, we're stoked for you. So keep up the great work, dude. All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break where we tell you guys what we are sipping on as we pod. Uh, Sheena finally broke her dry spell and is actually <laughs> partaking in an alcoholic beverage tonight. So I'm, yeah. I'm drinking the same thing. Sheena, tell them what we're drinking tonight. I have not, I have, you know, I hadn't drank in a while, you know, not for any particular reason, just, I don't know, I just, I guess I just feel better when I don't drink, but sometimes you just freaking need it. And uh, I broke the seal the other day when we went to- That's how to- bad that flag football game was tonight. <laughs> she knows, like, I got to go have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the first time I broke it was the other day when we went to Dave and Buster's with the kids. And just the, the sheer, you know, we've been at a karate tournament all morning and just the sheer just noise pollution at Dave and Buster's. I told Seth, I was like, go get me a margarita, dude. Like, if we're going to be here for any more than like 10 minutes, I'm going to need a margarita. So he went and got me a margarita. And uh, so I kind of broke the seal. So this week I am, drinking a dogfish head uh sequench ale it's a uh set how you say session session sour yeah, yeah delicious i've drank a lot of these over the years uh but they still hit it's got your description on the side there oh yes blissfully brewed with lime juice lime peel black limes and sea salt so very Mm-mm-mm. very citrusy Mm-mm-mm. just what i was looking for as you guys can tell I, you know so I, I really like the lime the margarita and then the uh you know the sequench ale dude i'm, I'm much citrus on a citrus kick right now before i break into all the fall blends next month lime goes good with booze man that's kind of like a universal rule yeah and Uh, salt jordan what are you drinking man keeping it basic today just just bush lighting it up today i mean this is you're up for a long weekend this is going to be a real long weekend huskers play tomorrow night i'm probably not going to make it to work on friday monday's a holiday so i (laughs) didn't have school tuesday It's it's gonna be a, a burner of a weekend. So uh, keep, stay, keep you us said in the, the kids don't have school Tuesday. No, so dude, they ha- they've almost been in school a month already. So they're doing like a teacher in service day on Tuesday. Uh, I'm like, are you? Why, why do they need to go back to school so damn early? Like th- this is exactly why I hate this. And then next yeah. month they got four days off for fall break. I'm just like, dude, can we just stop with the going back to school before Labor Day? Just Go back to school after Labor Day. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, dude. Labor Day to Memorial Day. That should be the school year, dude. Labor Day to Memorial Day. Let's make that happen. We need to get um, the uh, one of the presidential candidates for the next election. Yeah. Okay. Well, which one are you going to tell? Um, <laughs> the one that likes to break laws, or the ones that doesn't know where he's at? So I mean, like, yeah, which one are you even more going to tell? It's a fucking clown show. Let's not even. Let's, let's keep it. Let's yeah, keep it positive. Let's keep talking about that, wrestling. Edit that out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> click. Put that on the cutting room floor. We we rarely rarely edit this show, but Jesus Christ. No, I agree. That's kind of the one thing I've always said, dude, about the political system. The fact that it ends up being like, how how do we end up with like these two people, man? Like I've, said, all I've, the I've said that minds. pretty much every election I've yes. had in my adult life. That like, how does it end up being these two? Yeah, but, if uh, you're if you watch Succession, I think that that's actually how it happens, dude. I think they just go into a fucking room full of like you know billionaires, and they're just like this guy, this <laughs> this fucking guy. He's gonna do our bidding. Yeah, he's gonna do our bidding for us. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that really doesn't play. I mean, I guess it kind of does. I'm but, just kidding. You know, yeah. Marco, what are you I'll drinking, forget. man? <laughs> I'm on a uh, Broken Skull double IPA. Oh, uh, yeah. And if you, uh, I, would, I, would, I always reference people to uh, George Carlin um, search on YouTube if you want to figure out or find out how the, uh, how the election is done. That's all. That's all I'll say. It's a very funny, fun, funny bit that he does. 
Oh, George mm-hmm. Carlin's the best. Dude. Yeah, so he's got. Yeah, he's really dude. Like, I mean, he's a comedian, but he's damn near like a philosopher. Dude. No shit. How yes. accurate some of his takes on yes. All- on things important and unimportant in life. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to get smart, listen to some of George Carlin stuff. And it's crazy how you know a lot of his stuff is going on almost forty years old at this Literally. point. It still hit. Yeah, yeah. I recently just watched a uh, stand up of his from like, oh my god, might have been mid nineties or early nineties, um, and all the topics are pretty much you know. Pretty much what's going on <laughs> right now. Yeah, him and George Orwell. I don't know what kind of fucking time machine that they, you know, we're, we're dealing with, do, but they, they fucking know something. I love the crazy. I always, it's way more lighthearted, but I always love George Carlin's comparison of baseball and, yeah. uh, and football. football. You know, he's oh, talking about, you know, baseball. baseball. It's all about, you know, who's up, who's up next. Football is like first down, second down, <laughs> he's down. You know, yeah. they, you know, baseball is played in places like Fenway Park and Wrigley Field, whereas football is in Veterans Stadium, yeah. and War <laughs> Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so good. definitely check out uh, George Carlin for some classic stuff. All right, let's get into the big WWE show, man. It's, it's rare. I feel like we've been so WWE heavy the last couple months, but it's taken a, a deep back seat this week. Uh, we got this is a B show in every sense of the word. Yep. I think it can still be pretty fun. Uh, Payback 2023. What's you guys' overall vibe going into this one? Yeah, it's definitely taking a payback seat for me. The problem, <laughs> dude, um, I. Feel- I felt like this show was already kind of lackluster. I mean, I said it to Seth last week about this being a throwaway show, and he kind of got pissy with me. Bray passing away made this really a throwaway show because they, I mean, they basically just lost an entire week of build for this pay per view. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's dead on arrival for me. I'm not saying it's not going to be good. It's just this seems like the most meaningless show right now. Yeah, it's- I think. You know, looking at it on paper, I think they need to just send all six matches out to the ring and just tell the guys go out there and put on the best match you yes, have. So let's go. Much. Let's go light on the storyline and the angles tonight, like because all of these have a ton of the potential. talent on this card is insane. There's yeah. like the actual like wrestling talent on here. I mean, you got Becky, Trish, Seth, Shinsuke, Rhea, Raquel, um, freaking Bray, Austin Theory. I, I, mean, I mean, Kevin Owens, Sammy Shinsuke, Zane, Judgment Day. We're going to see Shinsuke in the main event. We've been asking for that for years. See Shinsuke get back in the main event on the uh, yeah well, on, on a big stage. So I think the main event's the tag match, dude. Yeah, I think the main event's the actual cage match. Actually, I think it's going to be Trish and Becky. No. I feel like Seth hasn't had a chance to main event with that belt yet. You still got the money in the bank briefcase floating out there. I think, and, and that match has got the most build, man. I think, I think Seth and, and Shinsuke go on last. More, We've seen the tag, the tag belts have main evented enough. We've already had tag matches main event four times in twenty uh, or three times in twenty twenty three. I don't see it happening. More, you, more build than Trish and Becky. That's been going on for like months. That's been that going match. on for a year. True, but they didn't give a shit enough about it to freaking put it on SummerSlam. Well, so. that's why yeah. I think they're going to main event it for Payback because it wasn't on SummerSlam. All right, so Marco's saying Becky and Trish. I say freaking and Nakamura. And Jordan, you're saying the the tag team street fight's going to main event payback? Dude, they gave going with name. It's, it's Steel City Street Fight, man. Like once they give <laughs> something a fancy, once they give something a fancy name, and it's in Schittsburg, Seth's favorite city for wrestling <laughs> events. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I got a counter, dude. We did have the Terry core, the Terry Funk hardcore match on SmackDown that Friday night. That wasn't on a pay-per-view. That wasn't on a pay-per-view, Seth. 
I don't know. I just I can't. I I don't see it, dude. I I I think Seth and Shinsuke get the last spot with that briefcase floating out there. It was more like the Terry Funk softcore porn match more than it was a hardcore match. (laughs) That was a disgrace, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were doing with that. I don't. I don't think they told the wrestlers it was a hardcore match. I think Cody just fucking took matters in his own hands when he was out there cutting that interview, dude. Yeah, he was like, "What can I say? You know, this is that Terry Funk hardcore and." The guys are like looking at each other backstage, like, what the fuck? And there's like, yeah, I think there's a kendo stick under the ring, dude. Just make something happen. Hey, but I mean, a, how else could you explain that, they, dude? They slid up the apron. They're like, tax, baseball bat, chair. Oh, kendo stick. That's all we need. <laughs> it's, uh, do you guys think we get any kind of bloodline presence, man? They've really kind of been off TV altogether the last few weeks. Nope. Uh, do you think we see Jade? You'd like you know a gorilla style run in promo. We see uh, my my wish is still that we see Jay lurking around the rafters with the classic USO face paint on, but it's black and white. That's that's my wish, man, yeah. for the next move in the no, bloodline. Uh, Crow Jay USO. Yeah, on this, on this pay per view, there's yeah, like no pro. there's no indication of any bloodline related like storylines at all. It's all uh, it's literally all championship matches besides uh, Trish and Becky and. Um, LA Knight and Miz, every match is a championship match. Don't don't forget yeah, the I, highlight I of the night: Grayson Waller interviewing Cody Rhodes. Yes, well, I skipped that. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't mind a show with like you know a little bit lower stakes. I don't need everything to be like you know the 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 end all be all. Um, but yeah, this one definitely feels it feels like they had like a contractual obligation to do a pay-per-view in Pittsburgh or something. And it just, uh, they were like, fuck man, we, we got to do that show. And there's just throw something in the ring. This feels like a throwback to like 2016 when we were getting like the brand specific pay-per-views. Yes. Um, yes. A hundred percent. Cause this doesn't even really That's line spot up on. with the other shows they've been doing. Every other show they've done this year has either been a stadium show or it's been something in, you know, Puerto Rico or the UK. And then we just get this random, like I said, this is like a throwback to, you know, four or five years ago, we get this random pay-per-view in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's weird, but I'm really looking forward to Seth and Shinsuke. I think that match should be really, really good. Same. Yeah, that's about all I'm really looking forward to on this. But I am happy they're not doing Jay and Jimmy on this show. I was going to be pissed if yeah. they used it on this show. That's a mania match, dude. It's got to be, man. They need to find out. I, I don't know how you stretch it out that far, but or maybe you could have like a couple teases where they're supposed to have a match and something happens, man. But that... They definitely need to at least get it to where the blow off for that is at Mania. I wouldn't be pissed if they did that match at Survivor Series. Like they need to add some um back to Survivor Series because it is severely lacking the last like ten years. Dude, uh, you got my mind fixed on it, man. I there's a lot they'd have to do to get there, but I want the fucking War Games War double way. cage ring, but a fatal four way between the bloodline, dude. I think that would be awesome. I mean, they've already bastardized War Games anyways, and you know, Survivor Series is supposed to be its own thing, so it's not like there's any tradition left at all in it. Like, let's do a fatal four way in that double cage, man. How sick would that be? I would love that. That would be I mean, cool. yeah. And you could even, if you want to make it war games, you could do each guy entering every five minutes. So Roman can come in last, right? Like let the brothers beat the shit out of each other. And then Roman gets to come in fresh at the end and pick up the scraps. If you want to, you know, if you want to try to, you know, war games it or something, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they'd actually do that or not. That does feel like a pretty huge match, even for survivor series, which is supposed to be one of the big four, but it would be cool. Yeah. All right, we'll go uh, last thing to wrap it up before we get in the mailbag. Make a prediction. What will be the better show of the weekend, Payback or All Out? 
I think I think Payback will be the better show. Agree. I think Payback's going to end up being the better show. Mm. Historically, when when you know WWE, when we're down on WWE, dude, they they sometimes come through. Most of the time, come through. <laughs> yeah, most of the time they sometimes. <laughs> I didn't, come I didn't through. want to say you know it works a hundred percent of the time. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to like, you know, put all my eggs in one basket, but I can say for a fact that so many times I've heard on this show, we've been like, eh, I don't know. There's no bill. They eh, typically eh. deliver when and expectations they, are low. Yeah, they typically deliver. That's a good way to put it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not picking either. I'm going GCW on Friday night. That's going to be a banger. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. GCW. I like Dude, I, am, GCW. I seriously am about as low on both of these main show or main company pay-per-views as i've ever been like i'm not saying it'd be hard to have a double header or two pay-per-views this underwhelming man yeah yeah i'm i'm at gcw on friday night it's gonna be awesome dude you get nick gage and vikingo like what what more do you need oh man that's gonna be a weird match (laughs) be awesome what's your pick marco uh payback or uh or or all out oh man i think i i I might go all out just because it just seems like a i'm i'm just Curious as to how, you know, you know, coming off of this huge pay-per-view that they just did, if they can follow up with it. Mm-hmm. And I think though, I I think AEW's gonna, you know, kind of deliver because this is their first time having like back to back pay-per-views. So I think I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with uh with uh all out. Maybe this will just prove to be all the work. Maybe CM Punk comes out at some point and just like crashes the show, you yeah. know, and it, it really is just a big work shoot. Him and Perry. I don't know how that'd be received, but it'll at least be interesting. Maybe they'll all right, Sheen, we got some, uh, we, we, uh, we got some listener mail, Sheen. Oh, yeah. All right. First question comes in from Sam Rosenthal. He says, how overwhelmed is Tony Khan? Does anyone respect him in the locker room or do they just look at him as a mark paying them? He's a mark. He's a money mark. Yeah. Yeah. Just doles out the checks and puts the money where it's supposed to be. That's how how they, he's not a, he's definitely not a Vince McMahon-esque character yet because they wouldn't, we talked about this earlier, there wouldn't be any leaked information happening. Um and if they were, they would have CM Punk, dude. If he, if CM Punk pulled this shit WWE, he'd get fired, dude. Yeah, like, either that would. or like, the, I remember uh, what was that? A couple months back when um, they had that six man tag with the Judgment Day, um, uh, Sammy and Kevin, and I think Cody, and some like where like it was like botched and all that shit, and it was a bunch of shit that happened that went wrong, and I guess it was like a like a fight that happened in the back, but you didn't literally hear anything about it. It was like. You just heard about that one day after, and then after yeah. that, it was gone. Yeah, it was like squat. Well, dude, yeah, look so at, I mean, just go back to 2002, dude, when Steve Austin didn't want a job to Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and he said he was leaving. Vince said, all right, leave. The show goes on. You know what I mean? The show went on. They had The Rock come out and kind of cut a promo the next week. Yeah, barely. I'm talking, you know, taking some <laughs> veiled shots at Steve Austin and stuff. Yeah. And the show went on. And Austin didn't come back until he apologized to Vince. You know what I mean? I like, yeah. like, yeah, that's just... Uh, it's definitely like you said. He, he's no Vince, man. For for better or worse, right? In some ways, that's good. I don't think TK has any NDAs floating around there. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to say like you know. I'm not going to say or say yeah. Tony Khan would be better if he was Vince McMahon. But when it comes to like you know discipline and a structured workplace. 
from everything we've, uh, you know, we have access to, it definitely does not seem to be. The I case. think, you know, obviously Vince is a fan of wrestling, but he is a businessman first and foremost. Yeah, too. Exactly. Whereas like Tony Khan is a wrestling fan first and foremost, business like businessman secondary, dude. Like that's just grow a pair. We don't remember uh, TK. Uh, Vince always has that famous story. Who knows if it's actually true or not, but it makes for a great quote. He says, talked about when, Ted Turner about WCW, he called Vince and said, Hey Vince, I'm in the wrestling business. And Vince said, that's great, Ted. I'm in the entertainment business. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kevin Eugene, I believe I've asked this before, but with uh, many Mattel creations still up and shop exclusives, not going as fast as they used to is the collecting market oversaturated. Yeah. I think the economy is undersaturated yeah. with money. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Facts. No, it's definitely oversaturated. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, there's a lot right now, man. There's, you know, because collecting got so big during the pandemic, there's a ton of different companies making stuff. And we talked about this a few times yeah. on the show. It's hard to keep up with it. Sheena always has the advice to go back to just pick and choose what you want. And I think yeah. people are doing that between between the market being oversaturated and, you know, inflation, everything's just being so expensive. I think people are just being really choosy yeah. about what they buy. And also for Mattel, like, I think they just heard the complaints about, uh, you know, people bitching when they can't get stuff. And I think they'd rather just, if something, you know, but for Mattel, it's the same, whether something sells out the day of, or right. if it sells out, you know, 10, 12 weeks after it's released, man, um, it's all good. As long as they don't got to like clearance it out or anything. So I think it's yeah. just a slight change in the climate right now. I think, you know, if some few things change, I think you can see it going back to instant sellouts on stuff. Climate Tony changer. Barker, who ordered the latest four packs of retros, and did you already receive a shipping confirmation? Yeah, mine's Any... supposed to be here Friday. Yeah, yes, and boys, yes. did you guys order? Yes, yes, Marco. Yep. All righty. So y'all y- 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 got shipping. Yep. Yep. All right. Tony also said, I just noticed on Peacock that even if you bought the no ads option, they've decided to run ads anyway, especially in the WWE section. True. How much of a negative effect will this have if this keeps up? I think it'll be negligible, dude. I think we're so. I haven't seen that, dude. I think I we're so maybe, used to. Have you guys seen that? I see. Yeah, I haven't. I actually seen it earlier. I uh, watch a ton of wrestling on Peacock, and I don't see it. I, maybe were you guys part of some promotional thing when you guys signed up? Maybe like something reverted. I would say maybe double check your accounts because I definitely have not seen any ads on Peacock. I don't pay attention enough. I usually fucking like, either half asleep or on my phone what's going on. So yeah, I'm usually like starting the show and then running and grabbing like a beer or something out of the fridge and then popping back on the couch. So maybe I'm just missing them. But I, like I said, I watch a ton of stuff on Peacock and I have not seen the ads. Interesting. Uh, hit us up, guys. I, I want to know if, if any of you have noticed that, that there's ads in the noise. Because I freaking hate ads. I understand that they're necessary, but it is annoying, especially if you pay a premium to not have ads. Like that's BS. Phil done it. Um, he says, "Why are UK crowds better than the US ones?" Because when an American wrestling company goes over to the UK, it's like the greatest thing they've ever seen. These Americans <laughs> coming back home to entertain before UK is like here in America. That's we true. have real sports, we have real beer, we got smoking hot women. Like we have a ton <laughs> of stuff competing with it. To where like we still love wrestling, but there's a whole lot of other badass stuff here in America. Whereas in UK, it's like, Oh fuck, there's a wrestling show. Let me cancel everything I have going on for the rest of this week. So I can put all my energy on this. Oh man. Shout out to all of our UK listeners. I know we have uh, a lot of people from across the pond that listen to this show. We're not talking about you guys specifically. This, this question was specifically directed at Phil Dunnett. We love uncle Phil. And uh, we also just like to freaking bust his balls every once in a while. Tony Barker, what's your favorite Bray Wyatt figure? Of all time. Ooh, Elite 28. 
The Elite 28. I was going to go with Elite 28. One, because it's the the figure that started our collection. And two, I just love, like I like I said earlier, the that version of Bray with the Hawaiian shirts and the It's a executed figure too, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's everything, dude. It's got the sentimental value from in our first figure. Captures that dude at one of the peaks of his career. And, uh, and it's just an awesome, awesome figure, which is pretty crazy because... With all the advances in technology between the Ultimate Editions and the last 30 or 40 sets of Elites we've had, going back and look at like Elite like 35 and earlier, some of those figures are kind of rough mm-hmm. to look at nowadays, but that one still holds up. And yeah, it does freaking hold up. Awesome. Also, the, Fiend, the, the first Fiend was pretty freaking awesome. I mean, all the Fiends have been great, but that... Uh, I thought the first Ultimate Edition Fiend, the, first, the jacket and stuff. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. Also, you're a complete asshole if you fucking start charging two hundred dollars for a figure because someone dies. Like you're a complete yeah, asshole. Yeah, those bag. people, those people are the scum. Because the thing here, is, dude. if you go on eBay, they're not even really selling, dude. Like yeah. it's not even. No, it's not, not like it, it'd be. It'd be one thing, man. It would still be sleazy, but I could at least be like, hey, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Like somebody's paying it, but you just look like an ass because it's not like nobody's. I mean, yeah, dude. There's a rush on people going out, so like you know. If you had something you were going to sell a Bray or whatever, throw it on there for whatever the market price had been. But don't try to, you know, throw a fucking death premium on there, dude. It's just so sleazy, man. It is sleazy. It's so gross. Um, and, you know, the I think a lot of the reason people go on and buy it, because it's like they know that's going to happen, dude. Like if something happens, you know, like, you've been holding off on getting a specific, you know, Bray piece of memorabilia or a figure in your collection. Uh, I mean, the rush is going to be there whenever... Uh, something like that happens because people know hey, these freaking sleaze balls get on there and gouge people. So they, they have that initial rush and uh, I think it's, I think it's shitty. So yeah, if you're out there doing that, you're don't tell me cause I'm, yeah. Cause I'm going to tell you to your face that you're pretty disgusting. Yeah. On that same topic, shout out to Randy Smith and our uh, yes, Chick-fil-A Randy, show, good uh, guy. premium Facebook group. Again, you can sign up at chickfoley.com to get in there. He, uh, he actually messaged me on Friday. He was like, Hey dude, he's like, I know there's going to be a ton of brave figures going up for super high prices right now. And people may be wanting to like buy something of his for tribute. He said, I had this thing. I've been meaning to sell for a while. Do you care if I list it today? And he listed it for basically retail plus shipping, yeah. but he still wanted to make sure that it was cool to do that, man. So yeah, you know, props to him, man. Yeah. As our, as our, um, you know, the cheap Pete guys say he's a great guy. So, uh, yeah, thanks Randy. That was really cool of you. All right. Next question comes in from Jamie Wills. Um, he says, if you could fantasy book a retro four pack from WWE in 1999, who's in it and which attires? I think we should each pick a 1999 figure or a 1999 wrestler to go in it, man. We'll make the chick Foley show four pack. I'll go first, man. I think we need a Hasbro of Austin and like the t-shirt and jorts. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to go Harvey Whippleman. Was he in WWE in 1999? Sure was, buddy. Who was he managing? That's a good question, but he, I know he was definitely there in 99. Let me look. All right. Dang. Yeah, he was definitely there in 1999. Okay. Mm, was Ministry Taker 1999? Yeah. No, yeah, so we'll, I'll, do, uh, I'll do a Ministry Taker retro. That'd be cool. Son of a... He was a referee. He was a WWF referee. What an idiot I am. <laughs> we need a ref. He, We've never had a Hasbro ref. He dude. was there, though. I was right. We've never had a Hasbro ref. So, yeah, we can get a downtown Bruno in there, man. So, we got Harvey Wimpleman ref. We got Ministry Taker. And we got uh, Austin in the, uh, in the in the jorts. Marco, clo- close out this four-pack. Man, since it's 1999 and we uh, we did an episode on this on this guy, me and Seth here, I'm going to go with Boss Man. 
Hail Hail man. Man. Shield, shield gear boss man. Yeah, man. All black. Nice. Yeah. Style. Good pick. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a really, um, got, you know, I got a, a lot of black attires in the, uh, got, in that. I got a bad feeling that we're going to be peg warming fellas and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to be sitting on the shelves at Mattel creation for quite a yeah, while. I think, I think our picks are pretty good. I think you're going to see a lot of people buying it, but you're going to see a lot of Harvey Whippleman's by themselves on eBay. That's yeah, man, you bite your goddamn tongue about Harvey Whippleman, okay? <laughs> I'd kill for a Harvey Whippleman regular elite, dude. I loved him. I mean, shoot, you he managed it, uh, you know, some unnamed person from across the world, I guess. Uh, you know, we uh, he managed Sid at WrestleMania 8, dude, in the main event. So, like, dude has got some significant – he managed uh, Giant Gonzalez at WrestleMania 9. So, dude's got some pretty significant moments in wrestling history to not get a figure. All right. I want to shout out Tyson Neil Trevino, one of our most loyal listeners. He did ask a question about how tired we are of the CM Punk drama. We already touched on that, but I did want to, yeah, very tired. Uh, So tired that I don't even want to address this question again, but yeah, we talked about (laughs) it earlier. Um, Zach Hertzler says, uh, not sure if anyone's asked your opinions about WWE on Peacock. Me personally, I hate it, especially because I've noticed it's missing a good bit of stuff like pre-shows during the WWE Network era, which some of them had some good matches on, which are no longer available to be seen. Yeah, it's we we were so spoiled with WWE Network. The, the network man. was a beautiful thing. I mean, thing, Peacock dude. still turned out to be pretty damn good. Like I don't I don't hate Peacock nearly as much as I thought I did, but the network was just the best, man. Yeah. I would give anything to go back to the network. I don't. It's never going to go back for business reasons. Yeah. Um, but, but the yeah, time the, ne- stamped, the network like, was great. I mean, the network got me back into wrestling, dude. dude. I, I I'm not. Re- I'm. I probably wouldn't have gotten back into wrestling if it wasn't for the WWE network. It was truly. Yeah, a we didn't even get thing. into it. We didn't get into it for the current product. Bless <laughs> you, me. Jesus. Um, we didn't get into it for the current product. We got the network and then just happened, you know, we were like all watching old wrestling matches and stuff. And Seth was on, were you on deployment at that time? No, it came out right Right when I got back from deployment. Right before uh, WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Then the freaking, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, busted up the shield and we were like, hold on. This is awesome. Who do you have to thank for that? Your old pal, Jordan. I got you guys back (laughs) into wrestling. (laughs) I know. Who knew? Who knew that Jordan, you know, we became like, uh, you know, if you listen to the goal line podcast this week, you heard them talk about, you know, our origin story with Jordan and how we became, you know, besties because of the Atlanta Falcons. Dude, we had no idea just how deep our, uh, our friendship loop would go, dude. So I signed up. The first thing I watched was in your house, mind games. And then I immediately started live streaming, um, the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, as I was kind of rearranging my sneaker room from all the the sneakers she got me while I was on deployment. So <laughs> that was my that was how I popped my WWE Network cherry. Yeah, God, the network. Didn't what was you gonna say, Jordan? Pour a little out for the network. What what a effect I've had on you guys's life, positive or negative, whatever you want to call it. But man, I've definitely had an effect. In the in the world of wrestling, it's been a net positive. Every time we've watched the Falcons together, it's been, it been a negative. At? It's been a negative oh, for the Falcons. Yeah, what are you talking for the about? Falcons. Not, we, not we our saw one of life. we saw one of the best Falcons games ever together. The Eagles Falcons game on Sunday Night Football you when know Vic what? came back Facts. to Atlanta. That was one of the Facts. best weekends of my life. That was awesome. And we got to watch the greatest comeback in sports history together. Also, <laughs> you mean the greatest letdown in sports history together? The absolute yes, worst fact. meltdown in I, sports history. I wish there was like a camera on Seth and Sheena's living room during that game because I'm pretty sure I threw Seth up in there like a fucking child at one point during that game. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just, yeah, let's, Mo- let's moving on, <laughs> Zach Hertzler. I want uh, I want you all to book a four way tag team. Each of the hosts pick a tag team and discuss who may potentially win. I mean, I got to go with the Usos, dude. I'm I'm rolling with Jimmy and Jay. Pre- 
you know, pre-breakup. Let's Shane is go going with a team that's currently broke up. All right. <laughs> I'm going with a team that's completely dead, Legion of Doom. Never broke up, though. They never, never broke, broke up. up. Damn. Seth? You want me I'll to go, go with the Heart Foundation, Hitman and the Anvil. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go with the Dudleys. They did break Ooh, up, but they reunited us later on. This is a fatal four-way. Dude, I think Heart Foundation's winning, man. I, I, guess I don't know. No. Fatal four-way doesn't, doesn't favor them because it's a brawl. I think the brawling aspects, is, I think I kind of lean. I don't know. Really, all the Usos, Legion of Doom, and Dudleys could all brawl, man. I don't know. That's a tough one. Tough Dude, your one. team is greatly brought down, though, by the Anvil. So, like, yeah, yeah Brett, Brett brings your team up a, an immense amount, but the Anvil definitely brings your team down a lot. Yeah. Well, that, you can't judge the Anvil as a solo. You got to judge the Anvil when he's part of the tag hey, team, dude. Yeah. He's part of the tag team. He's definitely the worst person in that match, still. <laughs> yeah, he is. But he's got a lot of personality. You guys are telling me the Anvil is worse than Devon Dudley? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know, dude. I think Jim the Anvil Nightheart's a better wrestler than you Devon. You think Jim the Anvil Nightheart what? is a better tag team wrestler than Devon Dudley? Wow. Yes, dude. Especially I mean, as a tag team, team wrestler. Yeah, if you want to tell me as a solo, you think Devon's better, dude. But, dude, the Hart Foundation, didn't we crown them yes. as the best team ever yes. when we did our countdown? Like, dude. Was it Hart Foundation they, or Legion of Doom? I don't know. They were up there, though, dude. They were definitely above the dozen. I think Legion of Doom won. Dude, yeah. I think you are a low. I think, I think you're downplaying what a key part the anvil was of that tag team, dude. Now, yeah, as a solo, he sucks, dude. Yes. He's one notch above <sighs> just being a jobber, dude. But as a tag, he, he's just got, a, he's one of those weird wrestlers, dude. He, you know, as part, he's, as part of a tag team, he's fucking awesome by himself. He's nothing, dude. Um, I mean, I think, dude, you're, I think, I think the Heart Foundation you is get, poetry and I think you're there, really man. downplaying Devon, though, too, in the same sense. But it doesn't matter. Legion Doom's winning that match. Like, I think you let, get double, let's, you, let's stop. Yeah, we're, when in doubt, LOD's going over. True. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't yeah. you get double XP if you if you're, if you're both of your tag team members are uh, head singles run and they're actually you know successful in their singles runs and they come back together? I well, think. I feel like if you're taking the Dudleys for this, like, you know, end all be all dream match you're going like 2001 dudleys right you're not taking the dudleys in from 2015 oh hell no i'm taking the 1990 heart foundation yeah and i'm taking uh SummerSlam 92 all coked up legion of doom rolling taking, on their motorcycles see now you say that that makes me think just heart kidding. foundation i'm just winning, kidding dude. i'm not that's not who i'm taking that's you tell me joke. the 86 road warriors yeah, yeah it's a wrap yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, that squash. was a complete joke I'm going to ECW Dudley's where they're freaking just like just I'm going 2022, 2023. I'm going to say the most obscene things to people in the audience. Uh, Definitely go back and watch ECW on Peacock and you'll see Devon just say the most horrible things to people in the audience. That's I think I think mid 80s road warriors are just torching people in this match. Like, I, I don't really know how we're. It, it, it would, it, it would get pretty ugly pretty fast, I think. Yeah. All, All right. right and question. that is uh, wraps up listener mail for this evening. All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Join our fun and our Foley fam at chickfoley.com. Follow our Pod Foundation brethren. Um, all the links will be listed in the show notes. Yeah, definitely check out the uh, the goal line 
um, podcast, the Mean Georgia Football Show. Yeah, yeah. The Go All Any, as Sheena says. Uh, it's it's in this feed. If you go to that episode, you can get the the link to the uh, the individual feed for the show. Appreciate the support we've got on that. Uh, Marco's got some more open mic on the way, so lots of great stuff right yep. here on this feed. And we got to wrap it up with the uh, trivia question. I'm back in the hot seat. Sheena previewed the question and was groaning at what a uh, what a gimme it's going to be, but we'll see. I think last yeah. time she said that I actually missed the question. So I know. let me let me lobby the softball right here real quick. At the 1995 King of the Ring, Bret Hart's opponent was oh, Jerry the King Waller. Kiss yeah. my foot match. Yeah, yeah. So easy. Bret. Bret got stuck. I know. Stuff. Bret made, always made that stuff great. The only thing he couldn't make great was the uh, the I Quit match against Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 11. Everything else, he made the he made the best during those uh those lean that that lean year in '95. It was it was rough, man. Yeah. All right, uh, that's a wrap. Sheena hit us with some closing thoughts, and we'll get out of here. Go make yourself some moon water. Oh, my God.